Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. Uh, I have alongside with me my co-host and friend Parker Fleming. Parker, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing great, Grant. I, I, th- this isn't the exact day that is like the halfway point for the off season, but we're here on what March 9th, and it feels like tomorrow the college football season is closer than it than it has been uh, since it ended, and and that might be a little profound, you know. Chew on that a little bit, but. Every day of the college football season of 2022 is getting a little bit closer. Statistically, I think that's correct. I'll have to check your math, but that that does sound right. We'll run we'll run the numbers on that again for sure. Yes. But, um, just rough, rough back of the napkin estimate there. I, I I feel pretty good about that assertion. I think so, and and we'll get to uh, why this part of the off season is sort of the silly season when a. Uh, when everyone's like, oh, the season's coming up, let's go ahead and make a bunch of narratives. And um, not all of them are true, and some of them are really stupid, but we'll talk about that later. Um, can I can I say my favorite narrative? And I yeah. think I texted you about this the other day. I think I, I'm very close, Grant, to just steering into rooting for Oklahoma, or excuse me, rooting for USC outright uh, to spite the entire Oklahoma narrative right now that is like, actually, Lincoln Riley wasn't that good. There was this quote from Spencer Rattler that got misquoted. And then, of course, everybody retweeted, you know, at um, at South Carolina Boomer 69. They retweeted this guy, you know, thousands of times. That's my uncle. Him Watch yourself. Misquoting, <laughs> misquoting this Spencer Rattler quote where Rattler was like, hey, I've learned more here than I have, you know, my, you know, in my entire college career. Like this is, you know, we're, we're learning a lot. We're changing things. And everyone was like. Oh, Spencer Rattler threw Lincoln Riley under the bus. And I was like, no, if you look at the quote, this isn't, you know, the entire paragraph of what he said, not even close to that. And, uh, and there, there's been a lot in the Oklahoma stratosphere that has been like, actually, Lincoln Riley got worse and, you know, he was worse than Stoops and all this stuff. He's like, no, I, you know, if you guys are going to do this, I'm going to root for USC to win a playoff game this year. That's, that's, I'm going to put my eggs in that basket. You know, coaches are measured by wins and losses and not by awards. But if you have two Heisman winning quarterbacks back to back, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're at least doing something right, even if that didn't well, unless you unless you just completely be like the Heisman's flawed and here's why. Like you have to go so far down the rabbit trail right. to pretend that Lincoln Riley is not good and Oklahoma is stretching. They're they're not quite doing gymnastics. But man, they're they're limbering up. They're doing some core exercises. They're working on the rings and the pommel. They're getting every, close, man. Every argument I evaluate, like, can I be morally consistent with this argument? And some things are really easy. It's like, hey, be nice to other people. Like that takes one level of moral consistency. But if you're an Oklahoma fan, to be consistent across all levels and not be a hypocrite on anything, that's like 15 steps down the rabbit hole to get to where Lincoln Riley was not was regressing or was not a good head coach. It's like, man, you're gonna. There may be two Oklahoma fans in the world that can count consistency across every step, and the rest of them are on Twitter. So, not great. Yeah. No, not not at all. Um, but man, it is it is peak off season. It's peak silly season. Can we can we talk about this Gary Patterson photo? I know we've done the Gary Patterson rant. Hmm. I'm not going to do the. No, Gary hold on, Patterson hold on. Oh, wait, wait. We promised we were going to leave with basketball first. Okay, let's we talk promise about we were going to leave with basketball first, and, and then then we can get into Gary. Um, TCU basketball beat Kansas and Texas Tech in back-to-back games. Time is a flat circle. I think this was last week. It could have been in January for all I know, but I think it was last week. And uh, now TCU has a game tomorrow against Texas at 1130 in the morning. That's today when you're listening to this. 
in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. And odds are they've sealed up an NCAA berth. So, congratulations. None of us have ever been wrong, um, but congratulations anyway. I mean, when, when you look, you, you play at a conference like the Big 12 and you have teams dealing with all of their nonsense. Um, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. I mean, Texas Tech is bad on the road. Like, that's good. You should beat Texas Tech at home, even if even if they're good. TCU is currently 42nd at Ken Palm. They have losses right now, Grant. What I'm unhappy about, they have losses to number 67 on a neutral court, number 38 away. That's Oklahoma State. I think they were up by five with like two minutes left, and they lost that by one. That's the... Um, you know, you could you could dive into this. That's the Jamie Dixon timeout special. More than once, uh, many times, TC has been up under four, and Jamie Dixon has taken a timeout, and then they have lost the game. Correlation doesn't equal causation, but that's something that sticks out of my mind. They lost to number sixty-two Kansas State at home, albeit without Mike Miles. But if this is really a good team and not driven by one recruiting, you know, score. Uh, they should be able to beat a very bad Kansas State team who, at the time of this recording, is losing to an awful West Virginia team. Um, speaking of said awful West Virginia team, TCU lost to them as well. I understand there were days, um, you know, March, they played a game on March 1st, March 3rd, March 5th. That's tough. Uh, and so I'm not going to bury him for the West Virginia loss on its own, but in context, that's pretty bad. And then also they lost to Iowa State at home. Um, kind of an inexplicable game there. You you should beat you know an, an equally talented team at home most most times. So that's that's pretty rough. Well, and uh, going into that West Virginia game, certainly the narrative was TCU has played all these games in a row. Uh, they're going to be tired. Absolutely, totally get it. The other narrative was, oh well, TCU's zero and nine or whatever it is in Morgantown since they joined the Big Twelve. Like, of course they're not going to win this game. Okay, well. A lot of those were good West Virginia teams. I mean, Javon Carter, um, that whole defensive kind of stronghold they had for, for a few years there. This is a, a very bad West Virginia team. You don't have to continue that streak. Parker, you know, if, if I spend three days without leaving my house, I'm still allowed to go outside on the fourth day. I don't some, have some to stay thing. in. Ian e. Forrester says something to the tune of, just because something has been going strong need not mean that it goes strong forever. Sure, let's go with that. So I thought that was kind of a really limp and weak excuse. Um, but TCU should make the NCAA tournament. That's very good. Mike Miles really is, I think, that dude. Um, he is extremely good at basketball, and it, it's really fun to watch him play. Um, and there are capital G guys all yes. over this roster. Damian Baugh, Micah Peavy, we know he transferred in. Like, obviously, he's pretty good at Texas Tech. Chuck O'Bannon has been great. Emmanuel Miller has made me double take because I'm like, is that J.D. Miller, but good at basketball? Um, and so I've had the double take there. And then, you know, you look at you look at the big man, Eddie Lampkin. He lost a lot of weight. He His numbers aren't um, excellent, but his uh, personality is excellent. Sure. You, you, you got to reward that, and that's exciting. I think my big deal here is um, this should be a mediocre year from TCU, given the resources that they yes. have given the access to talent that they have, given the um, the peers that they have. And it's uh, it's disappointing to have like, hey, you're going to be an eight or nine seed maybe, being that like, oh, we should celebrate that. It's like, no, we should, you know, be like, oh, that's fine. Okay. Eight or nine should be the expectation, I think. And then, if you know, if, okay, if, if you 
Sneak in as an 11. Okay, great. You know, whatever. Hey, we're in the tournament. We can make some noise. Um, the goal should be a 5 or a 4. I mean, I, I'm i not an idiot. I don't think TCU is going to turn into Kansas basketball overnight and just win the Big 12 every year and get a 1 or a 2 seed. But the goal shouldn't be an 8. The goal should be a 4 or a 5 and, and to be able to screw somebody up significantly. Uh, well, I mean, here, here we're, at, we're at Jamie Dixon win a postseason game challenge. Like, win a game... In the in the NCAA tournament, well, he, he's an NIT champion. It was fun. It was fun. Here's a question. Here's a question the world's not ready for, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because I haven't really devoted a ton of time of attention to basketball. But like, would Trent Johnson have done any worse? Yes. No. That yes. Year? No. Yeah. Y- yes, he would have. Yes. <laughs> I don't yes. know, man. He, uh, yes, he would have. I don't know. I, 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 trust. Uh, do you have anything else on TC basketball? No, just that we should acknowledge them. Congratulations. Those, that Kansas win was like legitimately really fun. I don't know if you watched it. Um, it was a ton it was of fun. Great. Down I, I turned it back on. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was very fun. I like beating Kansas. Bill Self can go cope in the corner. Bill That's Self, fight funny. me challenge. You uh, heard it here first. Can I read you just an amazing tweet while we're still in the banter portion yeah. of this podcast? Sam McCowan, McCowan, uh, he's a sports editor for Omaha World Herald. Sorry, I'm not um, pronouncing your name correctly. He just tweeted March 9th, 12, 17 p.m. So I just saw it. He tweeted it at midday, and I literally just saw it right now. Quote, Casey Thompson says the NIL ops at Nebraska are better at NU than at Texas, in part because Lincoln is more quote, close-knit, end quote, than Austin, hashtag Huskers, end quote. So we have two issues with this. Okay. One, he says, the NIL ops at Nebraska are better at NU, which, to be fair, technically, <laughs> the NIL ops at Nebraska are better at NU than they are in Austin. I'll give you that. Grammatically, on its face, harder to make money in Lincoln <laughs> from Austin than it is to make money in Lincoln from Lincoln. Is that fair? Okay, I'll, I'll take that, yeah. Second, no, no, it's not. <laughs> I wait. Hold on. Uh, have you, you seen? This... Have you seen the 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 Mad TV? There's this Mad TV skit. I'm sure I brought this up before because it's my one of my favorite things. And I forget the actor's name. I should know it. I should whatever. But and there's like a therapy session, and this woman walks into a therapist's office, and she says, "You know, I'm I'm afraid of getting buried alive." And the guy looks at it, looks at her, and says, "Okay, um, I need you to write this down. Here's a piece of advice." Stop it. <laughs> and she's like, but my sister and my parents, she goes, no, 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 we don't go there. Stop it. Is this? Uh, That's how I feel about this, this Casey Thompson quote. I know. I'm, I'm proud. This is going to show my ignorance as to much, how much I've been paying attention. This, is this Kansas, Kansas State Casey Thompson? No, no, no. You're thinking of Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson. Uh, Casey. Kansas State. Yeah, Casey okay. Thompson was quarterback who, who started at Texas last year. Oh, oh Notably yes, had yes, a yes. ridiculous okay. run against TCU when TCU's yes. run defense just fell to the ground. And uh, he has transferred to Nebraska. They did a trade for Adrian Martinez. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that shows my ignorance. Um, wow. No, I, I don't think that's true. What, what could you possibly sell besides Runza in Nebraska? With the NIL deal. Can I tell you my, my one Nebraska story that's related? Sure. Um, Aaron, Aaron Davis was a, a wide receiver on some really good Nebraska teams in the 1990s. 
You can look him up. Aaron Davis is a great guy. I've met him once or twice. He's a, a, a colleague of my dad's. They've spoken at a bunch of similar events. You know, we, we know AD. Um, Aaron Davis tells a story where he was at a grocery store in Nebraska and a kid came up to him and said, oh my gosh, it's Michael Jordan. And had Aaron Davis. Nah, fuck. Ah, fuck. No, we got to cut it. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Got it. Got it. All good. Yeah, but, I, but the spirit the of that is very funny, me. but I'm I'm talking about it. It's not mine. Tell me. It's basically least. like this super tall athletic black dude in the middle of <laughs> Nebraska, and these white kids are like, it's Michael Jordan. Okay, I don't fine. want that. Yeah, just we, just yeah. clap, and we'll um, – yeah, well, so I said I'm an idiot for getting Casey Thompson wrong. Just clap and, like, give me another thought on, on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. One – but ultimately, I think that um, I, I certainly ascribe to the philosophy of, uh, you know, you should you should uh, flourish where you're planted. And Casey sure. Thompson evidently seems uh, committed to the bit. Well, I'm trying to think. Part. So Nebraska, obviously a better. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but that led me to a thought. Nebraska, obviously a bigger brand nationally than UCF. Right. If I were trying to capitalize on NIL deals, if, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this because Scott Frost came from UCF. I'm not good at UCF. It's like literally the first or second biggest campus in the country. I can't remember which. It's in a really big city. It's in a state that's heavily populated. And I think they're willing to do more weird stuff than the Nebraska Athletic Department is. I really think that Instagram has changed the recruiting and NIL game in a way that we really have not understood well. It's a good way to put it, and it's a great transition into a recruiting Instagram. Sort of. With Gary Patterson. Uh, Parker, would you like to explain what the hell the former TCU head coach posted or was tagged in on social media earlier this week? Um. Yeah. So 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 sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm double taking here because somebody just DM'd me and said Casey Thompson got six hundred thousand for 2022, which is a whole lot more than he was offered to stay at UT. I'm sure. Yeah, UT didn't want to pay him that. Right. That doesn't mean that the opportunities. So maybe for him, but the uh, general general equation that he is submitting is not. <laughs> um, yeah, they have guys they would rather pay more than you. That doesn't I, mean that it, the opportunities are... What did Hudson Card get, I guess is my question. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry. You asked me a question about, about, about Gary. About Gary, um, our friend. Can I, I'm going to let you drive this discussion. All I'm going to say is it would be really nice if someone who had accomplished something that almost no one else had accomplished, who had done something amazing and historic, had, um, in the words of Kenny Rogers, known when to hold them and known when to fold them. Yes. Um, so Gary posted a picture throwing throwing up the horns um, with O'Shaw Mathis. Well, one, I have, a, I have a DM from an insider. I'm not an insider, but from an insider. Uh, maybe four, maybe a month ago, a full month ago, looking at this right now, saying like, oh, Sean's going to go to Texas. I think we texted about it and somebody on campus said, I don't know, he's on campus. That's weird. And he was going to, we, we, we knew about this for a long time. So 
One, it's funny because Oshana, Texas has been inevitable. Maybe even before Gary to Texas was official. Um, Oshana, Texas has been on the radar. So there's not like there needed to be a lot of wooing, right? This wasn't sure, a situation sure. where I'm going to do whatever this recruit wants because I want them to come here. Sure. Um, look, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this in a way that doesn't make me sound like a angry internet commenter. Uh, <laughs> Just let the record show I'm not mad. <laughs> please don't put in the paper that I'm mad. Look, this 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 really pissed me off. Uh, I was thinking to every work computer I've had, I've set the background of Max Duggan throwing up the horns down, or this is the frogs up, but. In reality, the horns down um, when he beats Texas or TCU people beating Texas just because I find it very funny. Gary has relished in beating Texas ever since they joined the Big Twelve. Uh, the fifty to seven game is one of the funniest things that's the funniest things that's ever happened. Um, Darius Anderson had his breakout game in Austin. Uh, the game ended twenty four to six. Look, it's Gary's a grown man. He can do whatever the hell he wants. You get whatever the hell the job he wants. And Oshawn Mathis, I, I like Oshawn Mathis. I hope he succeeds because, uh, uh, you know, it, he had a tough career. Uh, was probably put in a lot of places and expected to carry a defense that otherwise was not going to back him up. So, fine. Uh, but I hope he does well. But, dude, that that sucks. Like, it sucks seeing that picture. Yeah, so, so I mean... There's a couple things here, and I, I, I'm going to try and not get animated here, so rein me in. But um, I, I think I've lost a lot of respect for Gary Patterson as a professional. Me too. I don't know that I have a lot of respect as, for Gary Patterson as a person, and I, I won't talk about it on a podcast. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I was like, look, he's fine. He's he's done a great job professionally. I really respect him professionally because he is committed in, in, in an industry that is so full of doublespeak and nonsense – he committed for so long to saying, I know what's best and I'm going to do what's best. And um, for him to have this kind of like public one breakdown, because Grant, that's what the history books are going to say. That's what happened. He had a breakdown this season. He accused an SMU player of physical assault when there was video evidence otherwise and then doubled down, which is the weirdest thing, right? He, he lost his marbles. Um, the fact that he couldn't be content and say, hey, you know what? This isn't going well. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go to the booth on ESPN. That's going to be great. Like, I'm going to enjoy that. The fact that he needs to do this, it, it really shows a lot of professional respect to say, Gary Patterson basically said what he needed to say in Fort Worth and just just got lucky a couple seasons. Like, this whole kind of vision of, like, this great man who reformed a program, I, I really think we need to look back at that to say, he's one of the best program builders in the history of college football. But we realize, what is a program builder? Well, it's a person who says what a place needs to hear, not necessarily a, a, a person who believes what he says. Parker, have you ever had an ex-girlfriend? I know you're married now, and you don't think about any girl except uh, There was wife. a period of time where I referred to my wife as my ex-girlfriend and my ex-fiance, and she didn't think it was as funny as I did. That's interesting. Um, I had an ex-girlfriend one time, and I, I, I guess technically she still might, is. Might still. She, yeah, she still technically is an ex-girlfriend. Anyway. Um, it, it got to a point where I was like, I should probably stop referring to her. It's not that I was hung up on it. It was just like, oh, my ex-girlfriend did something. I'm like, wait, it's been three years since. Look, college football coaches move, they go, and I feel bad still bitching about Gary Patterson 
five months after he left TCU, when I thought he should have been quietly shoved out the door anyway. But well, well, uh, go ahead, no, please finish please. that. But like, what do we say right after that happened? Is like if CDC was still here, Gary Patterson be transitioning to a special assistant Correct. role, like the Jerry so, Kill. So, Jeremiah Donati did that. That 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 freaking happened. It freaking happened, and I'll say this: good for Donati. I, I hope we've said that on this podcast. I think CDC would have handled it differently, and I'm not saying better or worse, but credit to Donati for being like, dude, you got to shit or get off the pot. Anyway, um, so Gary turning heel and saying, listen, I'm going to leave the program that I built to go be a random, I don't even know what his title is, special assistant or something, at Texas. The program's, what, third biggest rival behind Baylor and SMU? And honestly, I mean, SMU has beat TCU two times in the last three years. But I think if you ask TCU fans, they'd rather beat Texas than they would SMU. It's a total heel turn. It's sickening. And if you think, like, everything that Gary has said about Texas, I thought there was a... um, Keon Stewart had an amazing Instagram story Mm -hmm. that someone screencapped and sent to me, because I I can't keep up with the kids on Instagram, where he just said... If y'all only knew what this man used to say yes. about him. It's like, yeah, no, I know no, what I Gary know. used to say I'm about well Texas and about the money and throwing it around. And he is, look, one, the Purple Theory podcast is unequivocally on team secure the bag. Yes. Right? I cannot believe that um, the money that Texas is currently paying him is more than uh, his buyout and kind of his legacy. So yeah. ne- nebulous judgment there. We're, we're, we're in the middle. Well, and I, I'm, I'm not a college football athletic, <clears throat> excuse me, not a college football athletic director or head coach, but if Gary wanted to coach somewhere as a DC, th- th- he, I don't know if he has an agent, I don't know what the hell, but it, it would seem like he could find a job because he still does know how to coach defense. Maybe not corral players I, or management, but okay. Uh, yeah. Say say what you can say. Gary had more than two, more yeah. than three, more than three opportunities to be a defensive coordinator at the power five level. Yeah, and instead he chose to be a the Jerry Kill of Texas. I I can say a lot of things here. I I'm, I probably don't want to say a lot of them. Sure. Um, on the record, um, it's disappointing. Is a dream a lie if it doesn't come true, Grant, or is it? Is it something worse? What's that from? That's Bruce Springsteen. It's the uh, the river. It's an excellent oh, yes. song. Yeah, uh, yeah. More of a dancing in the dark guy. Um, well, yeah. let me ask you: What happens to a dream deferred? Anyway, um, no this this picture just made me mad. I made a lot of people mad, and it's so stupid to get mad about. But I'm not mad at O'Shawn. Go get the bag. I'm mad at Gary because there are other bags he could have got. It, yeah. Well, the thing about Gary is um, uh, Drive-By Truckers, Decoration Day. Right? He says, it's Decoration Day, and I have a mind to roll a stone his in his grave, spit on his grave, and he says, keeping me down won't keep me away. Yeah. And that's the Gary Patterson attitude. The legacy of TC football, the identity of TC football is going to be currently and, and forever wrapped up in Gary Patterson. And, and if he wants to... As we talked about last time, pissed on his own shoes. If he wants to beclown himself, if he wants to demean himself, TCU is going to have to figure out where do we draw the line. Grant, I, I don't know that he should be invited back for anything. No, 
I think we should, I, I think we, we, I'm a part of TCU, my money goes to TCU, which, side note, very funny, a lot of grambling people were like, why are you so mad about Art Browse? We'll talk about that. Um, I, I buy season tickets. We give money directly to the program. Also, I think that, I, well, for my, well, it's bad. We'll talk about it's that, terrible. we'll talk about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but I, I, I think I'm actually, that, that moment made me look in the mirror and be like, no, I, I give a lot of money yeah. to TCU and they do things with it. Like, I'm okay with that. Um. I don't give a lot of money. I'm saying like I buy tickets to things. Can like I ask I'm you invested a in this. This is we. Um, we. We should pretend he's dead. Is basically what I was saying. <laughs> I don't know about that. Can I ask you something? No, no, not no, like, no, no, like I, know, I don't no, wish but, he was dead. No, I'm not wishing ill. I'm saying like here, Gary Patterson is over. He's done, and he's he is not invited back. There's I, not Gary. It's not going to be Gary Patterson Field. There's not Gary Patterson Hall. The Sandbaugh in, indoor practice facility is not going to become the Gary Patterson cryo chamber, whatever nonsense. Like. It's done. Can I draw an imperfect parallel? Please. I love it. Have you followed anything happening in professional golf lately? <laughs> no. Okay. Right. So 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 Phil Mickelson. Bryson Chambeau gained some weight. That's, he, he that's did, about where did. I am. But, but but do you know the name Phil Mickelson? Yeah, I heard of him. Right. So Phil has been the second most popular golfer on tour for the last well, he's probably the most popular golfer on tour until nineteen ninety seven, and he's been the second most popular golfer on tour since then. Right. Behind Happy Gilmore. Correct. Um, Phil recently tried to join up with the Saudi Golf League, um, directly funded by MBS, your boy. Um, and it was like going to take like a hundred million. I'm joking. It's going to take like a hundred million dollar paycheck to go join with the Saudi Golf League and promote Saudi Arabia. Now, this all came out uh, in an article uh, with some of the things he said about, you know, what he wants to gain leverage with the tour and, and all this stuff. And now he's basically caught in no man's land because the tour shadow suspended him. And the Saudis are pissed at him because he called them scary MFers. And now he's in limbo. He's a man without a home. I, I think Gary is kind of going down that road where I don't know if any Texas fan is like, hell yeah, we have Gary on staff. And I'm sure they've said unspeakably bad things about him on Orange Bloods for the last eight years or however long. And he's an assistant. He's, I mean, he's a, a special assistant. He's not on the field. Yeah. So, so no one's going to welcome Jeff him back. Ketchum, if Jeff Ketchum is credibly memeing you, yeah, not a great. You sign. deserve whatever's coming. He, to you. Here's my. Here's the question I was going to ask you. You said TCU shouldn't invite Gary back. My question is, if TCU were to say, "Gary, we're having a banquet. Would you like to come?" Would Gary come? Yes, dude. He's still tweeting about the big good. Um. The big good's fine. His his wife is still angling for this kind of matriarch of Fort Worth uh, role, which is about as much as I can say. Yeah, but it's like I, I don't know. I mean, he seems to try to sever all ties. He seems to try to sever all ties publicly. I disagree. Okay, I disagree. Okay, I, I just I I don't think you can. Okay, I guess a better way to put it is. A rational person could not expect to make this move and not sever all ties. That's fair. Ra- the, you know what the, I mean? A, a, a rational actor would say, I'm going to Texas. I've burnt every bridge I have at, at TCU. You're making a lot of faces, so if I'm totally wrong, tell me off air, but and I don't want you to say anything you can't say. But in my mind, a rational actor cannot go, make this move, do what he's done, and then try to be welcomed back as a conquering hero. 
Smelt the statue and use it for ore. I okay, I'm there. I think this is where we end our segment. Um, I understand the, the the dying wishes of the donor, and at that time, we 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 thought we had a read on Gary who Gary Patterson was. Um, if he is going to publicly clown himself and not only take another football job, but spitefully take another job at a rival, take a smaller position than he could have taken elsewhere. If he's the DC at, um, oof, terrible. Yeah. If he's a DC at Indiana right now, for instance, that's nonsense, right? Right. If he's a DC in Indiana, no, who cares? Okay. You want to coach ball? That's fine. If he went to the NFL, which he had op- opportunities to do that. Okay. That's fine. Right, like, yeah, go coach go, go ball. We understand this. This is this is different, and um, I, I certainly don't want to speak ill of the dead, and I don't mean to. You know, the donor had good things in mind, and I understand we did that. Um, circumstances have changed. The statue needs to go. I, I, at the time, I was all for the statue, although Wait, I, 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 I I've do, been cool with it until January of this year. Like, yep, yep. Although I do think this probably lends credence to maybe don't build statues of living people. Um, I think that's also fair. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But but the, so so if we could keep up the statue to Gary Patterson, the program builder, and not Gary Patterson, the person, that'd be great. You can't separate. No, that. you can't. You can't. Um, do you want to hit on? Let's stop talking about Gary Patterson. Great. You want to talk about Art Bryles for a minute, dude? I could talk about Art Bryles for a while. So you so, you, so you mentioned something me too. You mentioned something too. You someone reached out to you, but dude, why do you care? Like it's. It's not that we're TCU fans; it's that we're people. I mean, I my my sister in law was at Baylor during the Art Bryles, right? Right, like I have. I, if anyone's talked about it, like a vested interest, right? Uh, me, but like, I, I know, I know. But the thing is, even if you don't have a vested interest, it's a stupid move, an inconsiderate move. Uh, and and the fact that they try to come out and say, oh, well, this is actually, you know, I'm just going to kind of bring up and, and, and harm. And I don't want to get over my skis here and, and say something I shouldn't. So I'm just going to say this. You know, it, the fact that they brought up, hey, this is actually going to harm victims if we continue to talk about what happened at Baylor is despicable. And again, I don't want to get over my, get over my skis. It's so bad. And this is proof that bullying works. Um, and that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just awful. And at HBCU too, which again, there's a lot of things that we could say that maybe we're not qualified to, but uh, it, I, it, it's awful. Well, and, and um, <clears throat> I know I, I, there's there's a lot of things. Our trials is not. Uh, if an HBCU was going to stick their neck out for somebody, it doesn't seem like our trials is who it, they should stick their neck out for. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Oof, man, that's disgusting. And, and I will say, um, Oklahoma and Kent State and TCU and I think Florida, somebody like the people who were in leadership positions during the Art Browse era are are getting jobs, and that that is something we're going to have to deal with in college football because the, again, the Grambling thing just illustrates. Basically, only thing that people uh, that, that people care about is what can we get away with, um, and it appears you can get away with hiring everyone that is just not our brothers. Yeah, and I, I do think there are degrees of separation. Although I certainly don't mm-hmm. want to make excuses, and but listen, there are degrees of separation. There's no degree of separation when it is Art Bryles. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's gross. And that's just one of those things, man, where it's like, Hey, I like college football. And like, I wish this wasn't the case. I, I wish yeah. that we could enjoy college football and I have to stomach this shit. But, um, yeah, that's all. Here we are. Also, the huge action charity is very funny. And other than that, it's all set. <laughs> Dude, committing tax fraud, admitting to committing tax fraud to own the libs. Golly, that's Back, Have you seen that shirt vaccinated and ready to commit tax fraud? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I want it so bad. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm, what a well, world. You, you were telling me earlier, you haven't paid taxes since like 2011, right? The delegate from the Democratic <laughs> People's Republic of Stats Work can either comment on this issue. Um, taxation is theft. Is yes, all that's all I'll say. Uh, how's this for a transition, Parker? <clears throat> Speaking of theft, TCU stole Garrett Riley from SMU, and uh, Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star Telegram had had a good interview of. You know, we, uh, we like Drew a lot um, with Garrett Riley. Uh, I'll read the headline. It, so this is behind the paywall. We won't give too much away, but there are a couple quotes that we find prescient. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of com- comparisons between uh, SMU and TCU last year and, and what the offense under Garrett Riley might look like. But uh, can, can I say yeah. I paid $1.08 for a month of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram to read this article. So you you can do that, too. Yes. That's the only advertising I'll do on this podcast. Support a dollar and eight cents. Support so. local journalism. Um, the headline is TCU football's Garrett Riley hopes offense takes off under his vision of air raid. So a couple things in here. Um, Can we start with the headline? Sorry. Yeah. Driving, no, go, no, please. TCU's offense wasn't bad no. last year. No, they weren't. Um, TCU's offense was... Um, Anywhere from TC's offense was top fifteen in EPA per play last year. Um, the issue with TC's offense was not production; it was sequencing, it was play design, it was uh, timing. It wasn't necessarily uh, quality, and so that 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 immediately says like, I hope TC's offense takes off. Well, like it, it kind of did last kind year. Kind of did. Um, the first paragraph in this story that, that really caught my eye. Obviously, so he talks about execution, right, which is like a hallmark of, of an air raid-esque offense where you don't have too many variations of plays. Or, yeah, you, you could say it better, but basically... Well, the it, golden rep. So can the I... golden rep. There you go. I'm you're the golden rep. Saying. Yeah, there, like, the air raid is... It, it's... You guys have seen Remember the Titans, and he sits down, and 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 Coach Boone gives Coach Jost the playlist, uh, playbook, and Coach Jost says, well, it's a kind of a thin playbook. And and Coach Moon says seven plays just like Novocaine. Give it time; it always works. Yeah, that's kind of the deal with the air, air, air yeah. raid. Right? It's like we know exactly where to run, and we know the spots, and we can execute it so well that you get to choose what you want to defend, and then we're gonna we're gonna yeah yeah go against that. So all that okay? Those principles. That's fine. Here's where I first off where I get worried. Quote from quote from Garrett Riley. You're at a place, and we feel we are now, where we have to get really good, where, where we have really good athletes on offense, then ball distribution is what you're aiming to get. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. We need to spread the ball out to those guys and let them and their God-given ability take over. You know what I'm saying? So, TCU has wide receivers that I like. And then they have Quentin Johnston, who... What a top five receiver in the conference? Um, I don't know. Quentin Johnson's in name the was country. Well, I mean, I mean Quentin Johnson's name, not the way that TCU use him. No, but, but in ter- talent. In, in if you're talking about God given abilities, yeah. so the fact that Riley was like, "Hey, also we have a freak," and I, I hate to use that 
bad athletes, but we have a really, really good athlete at wide receiver who is extremely good at catching the ball and also running routes and also faster and taller than a lot of people. We're going to really try to get him involved. I mean, look, Tech ran the air raid under Mike Leach, but they knew Michael Crabtree existed. And I'm not directly comparing the two, but... There's a lot of difference between... We, we, we have Danny Gray and Rashi Rice versus we have Quentin M.F. and Johnson. Right. I like Blair Conrad. He's got a great set of hands on him. Uh, Quentin well, Johnson should get the Brown ball. And yeah. Darius Davis and Tay Barber, they're all contributors. I don't mean to disperse them. If, if, um, if any of them would like to step forward and, and, and claim the throne, please do in spring ball. Show us, show yes. us we're wrong. But Quentin Johnson is and has been for the last year. Uh, TCU's best and most important player on offense. So for him to talk about ball distribution and spreading the ball around seems like that might be suboptimal. It's like, hey, man, it, it, it's read the room, right? It's, yeah. I, I would have liked to see, I think I can say, I would have liked to see the offensive coordinator say, we know that the ceiling is higher at SMU than TCU. You can't say that ex- explicitly, but he could say something, in fact, like, we have extreme athleticism at the wide receiver position, and we've got depth. What we would like to do is prioritize that athleticism and then punish defenses with that depth if they overcommit to that athleticism. Right? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to throw the ball to Quentin Johnson until you make me stop, and then I'm going to murder you with Tay Barber. That's that's what I want to do. Correct. I'm trying to find... Oh, so, Quentin Johnson averaged... Let me do a little bit of quick math here. Under six targets a game last year. If he doesn't average nine targets a game this year, something is wrong. Yeah. Well, unless TCU, unless all three of his sure. first targets in every game are touchdowns, and then he doesn't, you know, yeah, Brian, garbage time matters. But yes. Yeah. Um, so, so that was concerned. Um, I, I didn't love it. Again, he's not a poet. He's not a speech no, writer. Sure. But the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> and, and ball distribution is not so – I don't care about equity of targets. No. That is not something I care no, about. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, I, yeah. When Carolina beat Duke on Saturday, which, by the way, Carolina basketball beat Duke in Mike Krzyzewski's final home game at Canberra Indoor Stadium while ESPN had a camera on Mike Krzyzewski the entire time. Uh, Carolina had four players score over 20 points, and then they had a player score four points and a player score two points, and they won. And if that is how ball distribution works in the TCU offense, I'm totally fine with it. Don't care. Um, can I can I counterpunch right there yeah. just for a second? Because the next paragraph... Again, we're not going to read this word by word, Drew. Um, he says, the main reason is you've got to tailor it to what your guys are good at and what you feel like you have. I, at this point, I'm not willing or able to make a judgment on what Garrett Riley thinks TCU's guys are good at and what they have. But the, that's going to kind of frame how I think about this fall is like, what does he think about the Max Duggan to Quentin Johnson connection? And, and what does he do with it? Well, so if it's Max Duggan, so that's the thing. So the next section of this article talks about the QB room. Uh, Riley offers, oh, let's say platitudes about both Max Duggan and Chandler Morris, basically by saying we have guys who have experience and love football, which, okay. Uh, I love football too. I just lack the experience. Um, but he kind of says the quiet part out loud a little bit here. Um, it will be a total evaluation all spring. Generally, it's going to go into summer and then fall camp. Typically, that's how it goes, but if we know in the spring, then great. If we don't, we'll let them compete until we do know. That's how this deal goes. It's going to be an, uh, an open competition, I think, between Chandler and, and, and Max. 
Well, and, and, and it might not even be... Um... Okay, Chandler Morris had an amazing game against Baylor, and this isn't an, a, well, actually, Chandler Morris is bad, right? This is a... TCU came out and they did two things. One, they did something different than they had done all yep. season because Max Duggan was hurt. Two, Baylor really didn't take TCU seriously no. this year. They did not do their homework. They did not prepare. They didn't blitz anyone. They didn't take advantage of TCU's bad offensive line. They had a really shitty game plan. Those two things come together. Gary Bohannon, not a great quarterback, and TCU was able to squeeze them. I think that legitimately there was a malaise on TCU's defense and not having Gary Patterson on the sideline kind of gave them a, a one-game pass. We saw next week against Oklahoma State. That didn't happen. Yep. But um, if you look at that Oklahoma State game next week, Oklahoma State is a lot closer, more representative of what TCU was when Max Duggan was hurt, when Gary Patterson wasn't calling plays. Uh, Chandler Morris completed 52.4% of passes. Uh, TCU... Oklahoma State under Jim Knowles was like, hey, Chandler is not going to scramble and he's not going to throw it downfield. They made him throw intermediate passes and they completely ruined his life. Um, if you only watch the Baylor game and you think Chandler Morris is the savior of TCU football, th- that's fine. Uh, I, I I just don't think that you're, you're um, you have a good understanding. So yeah. the question isn't, hey, is TCU going to play the good quarterback or the bad quarterback? The question is, Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley, are you going to go full air raid and trust your offensive line, or are you going to be able to utilize a true double threat quarterback? Yeah, I think that's totally fair because I, like you said, the circumstances under which Morris played were unique. But I, I, I haven't been in spring ball. I haven't been behind closed doors. I don't know which quarterback would truly fare better in an in a straight up air raid offense. I do know that in but, the yeah, office, so th- I mean yeah. that's the question. It's like, what's the competition, right? Like, who would win? Who would win the competition? What's the competition? Yeah, is the competition? And I'm not even saying one way or the other. Is the competition who's a better quarterback or who's a better quarterback in an air raid system? And if Morris proves to be the winner in either one, great. I listen. I love Max. My dog's named after him, but fine. I I do think you're right. They need to figure out what they want before they go into an open competition. If everything dies. I'm fine. If, if, That's a fact. if TC wants to whole ass the air raid and they feel that Chandler Morris is the accurate quarterback, they don't care as much about the run game. Um, th- that's fine. That's not, there's not an objective decision. It is, it is more of a, what do they want to be? The way that I, I might be pushing us too far there. The way that Garrett Riley talks about the run game, you would hope he has the quarterback run game in mind because Max Duggan is a much better runner than Shane Bouchelle or Tanner Mordecai. And if you have that weapon, you'd like to think an offensive coordinator can can utilize that, right? Yes, and so some of the things that uh, Riley said about the run game, you've got to be able to run the ball you just do. That's part of ball distribution, too. That doesn't mean you throw it this many times a game. Um, the running back has to touch it in the passing game and obviously touch it in the running game. Uh, you've, <laughs> you've got to be able to run the ball if you're going to position yourself to win championships. It's not untrue, it's just not, it's not only true. true. Right. <laughs> Try to be positive. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, we, we, we welcome Garrett to, uh, to TCU. Uh, I, I didn't see, in the SMU film that I've watched this offseason uh, from Garrett Riley, I, I didn't see the robust kind of counter 
running game that we saw out of Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Um, they didn't have the offensive line talent at SMU, and I don't think they have the offensive line talent at TCU yep. to run that robust of a game. And so if the run game means inside zone or, or zone read, um, I don't know. Let's just put a benchmark well, there and say, what does Garrett Riley do with the run game this year? To, to, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt to say, okay, he's upgrading in talent. Like, what can he do? Uh, I don't know what the run game looks like under Garrett Riley because Ulysses Bentley had a ton of yards, but a lot of that came, one, when SMU was up early, early in the season, two, against really bad run defenses, and, and, and three, um, later when they stumbled, the run game didn't really change. It was the pass game was worse, and, and that really... Really and SMU was a two-back system, too. I mean, Trey Siggers technically had more than U.S. Bentley did last year. Um, but you look at the roster here, Parker, I mean, again, CC's running backs are Mario DiMarcado, DeMarco Foster, and Kendra Miller, and Amani Bailey, who trans in, or transferred in from Louisiana. Sure, but Zach Evans is not on this roster. Zach Evans is not walking through that door. No, no, he's not. And even a Zach Evans who could play... You know, an entire game is not is not walking through that door. Okay, well, we should probably also look at one thing that had us scrambling to check our quote-unquote sources, a.k.a. people you probably know from college football Twitter. Um, Riley had a uh, interesting end to this article, or at least that's where Drew placed it, um, talking about being part of the Mike Leach uh, slash Ruffin McNeil coaching tree. I played under Coach Leach for two years. He was my position coach for two years, so there's just a lot of philosophy that goes back to what we learned being with Mike, and there's a lot of things that we carry, that we carry over from that. Then Riley paused and added, smiling, he may not claim me, but I'm going to claim him. So this sent Parker and I scrambling to figure out what the why hell this, does this mean? <laughs> why, did this, why was this so ominous? But it, it sounds so ominous. It sounds very ominous, like, uh, was there a falling out? Uh, you know, what happened? Did, you know, uh, Garrett Riley say something about stick that Mike Leach hated? Um, you know, what could it possibly be? Turns out probably what happened, Garrett Riley played for two years at Texas Tech under Mike Leach and transferred. But he transferred when Mike Leach left. True. Yes, and Leach has always, from what we've heard, been complimentary about Lincoln Riley and probably by association. <laughs> Garrett. The thing that got me, so I think there is, like Lincoln Riley is a, on the Mike Leach coaching tree, is a disciple and is well regarded by Mike Leach. I, I think that, so so Riley Garrett went back to Texas Tech after SFA, after he'd used all his eligibility and got a business degree yeah. in 2012. That was very confusing to me. That That to me was like, I don't understand why this happened. And then he went and coached in D3 and then went to ECU with Lincoln and then went to App State. and That's great. And built up his career. But I think maybe what he's saying here is like, I am from the Mike Leach tree, even if Mike Leach doesn't vouch for me being from the Mike Leach tree, because I never technically coached under him. I think that's right. But it was just, it was weird. I don't yeah. know why it was so weird to me. Yeah, I Drew, thank you for putting us in a headlock if you're listening to this. Um, but no, I don't think it was anything too uh, too nefarious. I I googled this is this is awful. 
I googled Garrett Riley Lubbock DUI today. Oh my god! I was legitimately Lubbock. like, "What? Why? Why was there a falling out? What the hell happened here?" And there's nothing. Garrett Riley, nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's all my brain being crazy. But I was just trying to figure out why he was like, "Mike Leach doesn't claim me." I want to DM Mike Leach and be like, "Hey, what the hell?" He'll answer. I guarantee you, he'll answer. Um, I'm going to go find him right now. We have some questions we want to get to, but it's never too late to take a preliminary look at the TCU football schedule. Parker, I don't know if you want to just do just like thoughts or do you want to do like a quick win loss? Just like a five minute first reaction. What do you want to do here? Let's do let's do a first blush. I think I posted this right when it came out, but let's let's do a first blush because I I've been asked a couple times like what expectations are. And yeah. I think it's super schedule dependent, um, especially in the Big Twelve. Okay. Um, so I'm on fbschedules.com. Are you on fbschedules.com? So all, right. all I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the game and give a couple sentences, say win or loss. I'm not writing this down. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, please. Whatever we say here, do not hold us to it. Okay, so it starts. Uh, well, it starts with a televised spring game on ESPN Plus, Parker, uh, which you know is just going to give all of TCU's opponents the inside look at. Uh, Thank you, Gary. Okay, and then we. I don't care what Nick Saban does. All right, we do things a certain way around here. <laughs> uh, uh, Friday, September second, at Colorado, a game I will be at. If anyone is going to that game, please come and say hi. Um, in Boulder, uh, this should be a win. Colorado is one hundred nineteenth in EPA per play last year. They were ass, and I, I really, I. There was this weird parallel between them and Michigan State last year where it was like coach came in late and they had this certain number of transfers yeah. or whatever. And like very clearly the Carl Durrell experiment might not be the best idea. So if if things are going well, this should be a pretty easy win. Should be. Then they play Tarleton State on... I love starting with an FBS opponent too. on the road before an FCS opponent. I kind of like unironically I do too. Like, hey, yeah. let's test it out. Um, Tarleton State on September 10th in Fort Worth. Uh, Tarleton State, shout out my roommate who works there um, in the marketing department. A very good FCS team, but again, it Who's move- should be a moving win. up. Yes, they will be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The whole whack, yeah. I think. But, yeah. but it should yeah. be a win at, at, at all yep. the same. Um, off on February 17th. And then at SMU, September 24th. With a week to prepare for SMU, knowing that you go SMU, Oklahoma, and then Kansas, um, that SMU game should be a scrimmage. Should be. Should. SMU loses their quarterback? Yes. SMU loses their leading rusher? Tight end. I SMU loses another tight end. Yeah. SMU loses three linemen. SMU loses their entire coaching staff. Yeah, it should be a win. If 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 TCU is what we think it is, they should not lose to SMU this year. Yeah. Uh, home for Oklahoma. So that's that's three and zero. Three and zero going going hosting Oklahoma at home. Let's call it three and one and just move on and yeah, barrier. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, at Kansas, look. Is is look. TCU ranked? Four and one after beating Kansas, uh, they've beaten nobody. 
No, I don't think they are. Yeah, but what if what if Chandler Morris throws for 400 yards shut against up, Colorado, Tarleton, up, SMU, and Kansas? No, no. That's 1,600 yards no, in the first five up, games. I hate you. Shut up. <laughs> 4-1 to beat Kansas. Look, I, we love Lance Leipold. TC should be Kansas. Um, home for Oklahoma State. Loss. Loss. 4-2. Home for Kansas State. Win. They're going to beat Kansas State. Win. 5-2. and two. I think you split Kansas State and at West Virginia. You pick. Oh, uh, beat Kansas State. I think I think West Virginia's town bad too. I like Neil <laughs> Brown, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, we do this every year. I'm talking myself into six and two hosting Texas Tech. No, I'm at wait. I'm at one and zero, two and zero, three and zero, three and one, four and You're one, four and, four and two, four and three. I'm at five and three. I'm at five and three, too. They're going to lose one of the Kansas State West State games. Home for Tech should be a win. Six and three. All right. And then you close. Okay. Here's where the season. Okay. Here's where we emotionally have to do some work as TCU fans, Grant. Because TCU very easily could be six and three with no blowout losses after on Sunday, November 6th. TCU could be six and three, no blowout losses, ranked. They're not going to be ranked. Real. They're not going to be ranked at six and three. I'm saying they could be. It depends. It's it's nebulous. Well, they play Texas in Austin the next day, uh, next week. They're not going to win. Will is still the king. They're not going to win. That game. Nope. Unless Max Duggan is the quarterback. Correct. They should. Maybe you know we what? get some bizarro world. Maybe Chandler Morris starts every game Except and then Texas. he gets hurt against Texas Tech. Max Duggan comes Grant in and wins. I didn't know to get hurt. They say, Max, you're a designated Texas quarterback. You play that game <laughs> yeah. and then Chandler comes back in because the next week is at Baylor. He wins that game. No. Look, TCU closes the season at Texas, at Baylor, home for Iowa State. That could be three and three, man. That could be pretty rough. Could be, could be three, three, I think there's three. a chance yeah. to beat Iowa State um, because I, I, but I don't know. Do you know what Iowa State's record was last year? Uh, off the what, like nine and three? Dude, seven and six. Most really? returning production in the history of college football, and uh, seven and six. Future of Ohio State coach Matt Campbell going seven and six. I hate to see it. Um, okay, so I, I yeah. If I had a, I mean, six and six or seven and five is sort of where where we're working within, right? That's the range of ex- expectations. I think what we're doing right now is the baseline expectation of like, if it's worse than six and six in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think the specific six will be bad, like a loss to Kansas. But if we sweep Kansas State, West Virginia doesn't do me any good. Um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be pretty funny. It would be kind of funny, but it wouldn't make me happy. Okay, let's do questions because I'm getting sad now. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of You weird. said you had a couple uh, you wanted to get to. Well, before you – before yeah, so pull those up. While you're pulling those up, I, I asked um, yesterday, I just asked, TC fans, how do you feel about the state of the football program relative to where you were at January 1st of 2022? And uh, 207 people voted. And 48.8% of them said worse. I have to attribute a lot of that to Rashad Samples. So that's something, as you said that, I was like, crap, we didn't talk about Rashad Samples. Do you want to do that now? Two minutes real quick? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. What are are your thoughts on this? Uh, It sucks. Um, I mean, again. It's not great. No. (laughs) um, We are noted bag chasers here. Um, Go go get the bag, please. Um, But it sucks. Um, 
he, I was excited to have him part of the staff. I mean, uh, there is a natural replacement. Obviously, Brian Carrington moving up and kind of taking that spot. But uh, it's, it's not a good look. And I, I would have thought that while you do have the chance to join the staff of the reigning Super Bowl champions, I get all that. Um, staying for four months, uh, it, it, it's kind of scummy. It is. I, I will say um, Brian Carrington is not the running backs coach yet. Have they announced a replacement? They haven't announced anything. I don't think. That's what they're recording right here. Okay, well, all I'm saying is that there is a natural replacement. Um, I didn't say he was hired. I said there was a natural replacement. There, there is. I'm just saying I, I also may or may not be aware of of an outside contender. Okay, can, I, can you tell me this? Should I be happy about this or not? I don't care about running back. All right, perfect. Let's move on. Uh, what are some <laughs> of the, what are some of the replies? Losing losing samples is not like oh we lost our running backs. Coach. If we lost that's, a not, that's not I what know, happened here. Uh, what are some of the replies to uh, to your tweet? Okay, so some replies. Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Watner said, "I knew we'd lose sample samples after this year, so it's pretty neutral." Okay, like, okay, that's fair. Like we knew that probably wasn't going to happen. He got offers from big schools. Uh, Max Power says. Uh, it feels bad to have new coaches sold to us and then they're jumping ship before even the spring game. Fair. And th- that's fair. There's an offensive line coach left and they're like, okay, the bill of goods was like, maybe Sonny Dykes wasn't the sexiest coach, but like the staff that he was bringing was a big deal. I get that. Um, Matt Peterson at Metamorphosis has some, actually some pretty, pretty solid thoughts. Um, he says, I'm not sold on Dykes. I like the culture change he's already brought in. But I can't buy into it as a coach, especially for a P5 program. I need to see results. And so I, I think that's close to where I am yeah. of like, look, I, I, I've made my comments about Dykes pretty public. Um, Sonny Dykes has um, followed and unfollowed me on Twitter very mm-hmm. quickly. And uh, yeah, win, win some games. That's great. Win, win some games against some real opponents and let's talk. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, shout out to uh, Lokti. At damp underscore fruit, who's always around, mm-hmm. says worse. IDK, we just suck, which is just a vibe check. <laughs> Buddy, you know? uh, I understand. Um, I totally understand. Yeah, um, I did like this question we got from Tommy at TRF five one. Who are your breakout players on offense and defense aside from someone like QJ or Miller? Uh, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, I'm curious about. Imani Bailey from Louisiana. Um, also curious, so looking at the roster, Parker, um, Traylon Smith, I don't see him. He might not have enrolled. Okay. And so we can't enroll until the summer semester, and so okay. he'll be on the fall roster. Okay, well, Traylon would have been my answer. Other, But if people currently on the roster, we will go with uh, with Bailey. Um, what about you? I'm, I'm going to go with Quincy Brown okay. on offense. Sure. And say like, all right, we know who QJ is. We know who Darius. We know who Tay Barber is. We TCU has not had ever, maybe ever, maybe since 2014, that second legitimate like, oh, shoot, we've got to watch this guy on the outside. If Quincy Brown can become that, what everything I talked about last year with Savion Williams and what the air raid could be like if you had, you know, QJ, Darius, mm-hmm. Tay Barber, Savion. If it becomes Quincy Brown, that could be real annoying. Yes. Think about what SNU did with three stars. Yeah. And what TCU could do with some freaking athletes on offense. So 
Um, w- without even talking about the offensive line, I, I, I think the wide receiver is interesting. Hopefully the offensive line won't matter as much this year. Agreed. And on defense, it's Shad Banks season, baby. We're bringing Dude, back the Baylor High. Let's do it. I want it. I don't even know where he fits. Me I just either. want him Put him on there. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> from our friends at the Lupton Drinking Club, what does TCU's road conference record need to be to finish top three of the conference? They're at Baylor this week. And two out of three would be so huge with Texas and Oklahoma State also on the road. But Baylor's projected to start two left-handed pitchers. My answer to that question is absolutely. Yeah. You know, you just look, man, sometimes you got to watch a pitch. Sometimes you got to swing and you just got to know when to know. You know, if, if it were me, I'd, uh, I'd put the ball in play, you know, try to move guys around the bases and, uh, you know, make sure to, uh, uh, you know, be disciplined. I think that's really the key. My, my key to baseball, Grant, as I'm diving into the statistics, is scoring more runs than your opponent is often beneficial. Yeah, I think there's a, there's exceptions to rules like that, but I, I do think as a general principle, um, I'm a fan of it. I, I do have one question uh, I got from the other Parker, my friend Parker. Um, we kind of talked about this at the beginning, but in, in a general sense, why do fan bases freak out about everything during the offseason? Why can't people find other hobbies like soccer to stress, them at, to stress about them during their actual seasons? Uh, and my question, and my answer to that is, we just completely like poo-poo TCU baseball, which is a top twenty-five program in the country, because uh, we're sickos, and we would rather care about this because sometimes it's just kind of too fun to uh, to enjoy the off-season stuff. Well, I don't, I don't know. You and Jamie text in the group chat all the time. You're like, "Oi, Governor, the you know Everton has done a topper today." I, like, I don't know. Well, Some I'm, people, like I'm well adjusted. There's a difference. Um, but do you know what my off-season hobby is? My off-season hobby is doing all the work on my dissertation that I should have done during the fall season while I was dicking around with football stuff. The first time I met Parker was in 2018 or 19, maybe, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm working on this dissertation," and it is now 2022. And he was like, "Yeah, so like I got this name for my dissertation that I'm working on." Well, it's, a, like, like, cool, it's a series of things. <laughs> I've made progress. <sighs> Jeez. Look, um, life is a highway. Look, man. Some they will and some they won't. And some they might as well. <laughs> is there anything uh, else we need to talk about? No. I, look, man, we're going to turn towards the actual season here soon. But uh, this is this is fun. And um, I think we're calling. Oh, my gosh. We're, to, uh, we're an hour and a minute here. So that's, that's, that's way what too long. What more do you want? People who commute from Fort Worth to Dallas are already in Dallas and turning us off. So... Well, fair enough. Well, Parker, this has been the Purple Theory Podcast. You can find Parker at Stats of War on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Grant McGalliard, spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. Uh, make sure to follow along. We'll have more off-season comment, uh, content coming your way shortly. Parker, is there anywhere people should be looking for your work? Just at Stats of War right now. Um, okay. You'll see. All right. Things are happening. You'll see. Stay tuned. Yes, Parker has actually been named the defensive coordinator for the uh, – and. and XFL team, so be on the lookout for that. I'll be on the side. Which is really weird because I already committed to being Jerry Kills, defensive coordinator of New Mexico <laughs> State, and had to call him and break up with him. Whole big thing. Not not really a fun conversation. Parker, Parker Rashad sample swimming uh, is now moving along. Um, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Go Frogs. Go Frogs. <laughs>